a Telltale Pod production. Spirit Bird by Jasbinda Belan Chapter 8 The week zooms by as fast as a flickering sunbird's wing and I can't believe it's Friday evening already. Tomorrow, before the sun rises, we'll be gone. Ma's writing something at the table when I come in from doing my chores. You stayed out really late and look at you. She quickly folds the paper over and pushes it into her pocket. I had to go back and rub some butter onto little Sonny's hoof. I explain as water from my plait drips down my neck. You're soaking. She grabs a towel and wraps it round my shoulders. Come and sit with me. She's trying to sound cheerful, but the circles around her eyes look even darker than yesterday. I touch the stitches on the kurta she's been making for someone in the village. You're so clever. So neat, Ma. That's sweet of you. I can teach you how to make one when we have some time. I give Ma a tired smile. Going to Zanderpore will make things worse for her. I know she'll be desperate with panic when she discovers I've left. There won't be anyone to help her, and she'll have to do everything by herself. But I hope she'll understand that I'm doing this for all of us. Come, she says, taking my hand. Let's go. She leads me up the stairs. Rohan and Rupert breathe noisily on their side of the room. And just this once, I'm glad they're asleep so I could have Ma all to myself, one final time. The sheets are soft under my chin as she tucks me into bed. Like when you were a baby. Do you remember the little rug doll I made for you? She touches my hair and hums distractedly. The storm's taken some of the heat out of the evening, so you'll sleep well tonight. Good night, dear little Ashy. How she'll fret when she sees my empty bed in the morning light. Good night, Ma. Can I have a hug? Come here. She snuggles me close and I breathe in her smell. Oniony, mixed with the heady scent of jasmine. I cocoon myself against Ma's body, not wanting her to let me go. What would I do without you? She says, her eyes watery. You've had to go up so quickly these last few months. Ma's words hit me hard. What will she do without me? I burrow my head deeper into the comfort of her arms and we stay like this until I feel myself drifting off to sleep. Eventually I hear the door click as she goes to bed and I'm left flitting in and out of dreams, late into the guilty night. 
I wake in a sudden panic and sit bolt upright. Is it time to go? I check the alarm clock by my bed, but there is still half an hour to wait. My mouth is dry, breathing fast, and I can hardly believe that I'm leaving home today. In the hushed darkness of the room, I kneel on the bed, feel for the map of India on the wall and pull it off. I flick on my torch and lay the map out, but Rohan turns in his bed and I freeze, holding in my breath. He wakes and calls out to me like he does in the middle of the night. Asha! He sits up, rubbing his eyes. Asha, what are you doing? Shh! Nothing! You're just dreaming. Go back to sleep, I whisper, hurriedly patting his cheek and kissing his clammy hand. It, it's only a dream. I hold my breath tight, watch his chest rising and falling before I dare gasp for air again. I go back to the map and begin to mark my route, the sharp torchlight spreading long shadows across the paper. The city of Zandapur is on the other side of the mountain. Papa circled it for me before he left. And we have to go through Galapur first and then Kasari to get there. Papa caught the train from Sonohar, so I use my pen to mark it on. Then finally find our village, Murmanali, and put a large heart shape round it. I hastily get ready to write my messages for Ma, but my hand hesitates. She says it's wrong to lie, but perhaps it isn't a lie. After all, I lied to Diva once I get to the temple at Kasari. Trying to control my shaking hand, I begin the note I leave on my pillow. Ma, I've gone to Lighter Diva for all of us at the temple. See you later. Asha. She won't think anything's wrong when she reads it. It's just the sort of thing I'd do on a Saturday morning. But when I start the second note, the one I'll leave under the statue of Shiva, the one Ma won't find until much later, I have to swallow hard. Dearest Ma, please don't be cross. I don't want to go to England, and the only person who'll stand up and defend the farm is Papa, so I've gone to find him and bring him home. You told me to make my own decisions, and this is what I have to do. Don't worry. Nanaji's pendant will protect me. All my love, Asha. Ma will be shocked, tearful and angry. She'll know I've lied to her, but I bite my teeth together, fold the notes and put them on the bed. I yank on the stiff jeans and hoodie Uncle Neil sent last year and tie the laces on my blue pumps. These clothes will be a good disguise, in case anyone comes looking for us. I take the piece of broken cup from my kurta and slip it into my pocket. I weave the lamagaya feather back into my plait, collect everything I need for my journey and pile it all into my red bag. I know Rohan and Rupert will cry when Ma tells them what I've done, but maybe they'll be impressed as well. 
They want Papa back as much as I do. I swipe my eyes. Look after each other. And be good for more, I say softly. I stumble down to the dark kitchen, shining the torch ahead of me. The wooden door to the food cupboard scrapes as I open it. I flick a nervous glance over my shoulder, scooping two mangoes and two boiled eggs into my bag. Even in this dusky light, the statue of Shiva glows golden. I slide the second note under his foot. Please, Lord Shiva, I whisper, quickly pressing my palms together. Bless my journey. Look after Ma and Rohan and Rupa. I pick up the matches and take them as well. We'll have to light fires when we sleep outside to keep all the wild animals away. The thought of the mountain wilderness filled with wolves and ravenous tigers makes my skin tingle, sending a shot of fear searing through my body. That was another Tell a Tale Pod production. Remember that you can follow, share and find more of our podcasts at tellatalepod.podbean.com